I'm Grant Berry. Welcome to the Romans 911 podcast. We're stepping into the reconnection in the one new man, into John 17, love and unity is becoming a reality. Beloved, today I want to focus and introduce to you the Romans 911 webinar. There are three focuses to the Romans 911 Project media plan. The first is actually the webinar, which we're going to listen to today. The second is this podcast that we're on, Romans 911 Podcast. And then our third and final focus for the media plan is the Romans 911 Talks. And these are interviews with various messianic and gentile leaders that are moving into the reconnection message as well as to interview other leaders to enter into dialogue and discussion to really bring this message to the threshold of the church that is now our mission in these next few years that the church the greater church at large would have the opportunity not just to hear the message but also to understand and embrace the significance of the reconnection message during these days. And as we know, it's like a golden key that opens the door to the Father's end time plans, but it only comes by spiritual revelation. And indeed it has been hidden during the church age and is really only just now coming to light in its fullness as we come into the unveiling of this mystery that Paul challenged us not to be ignorant about as we come into the fullness of the Gentiles and Israel's salvation. Our approach to the Romans 911 Project webinar is to basically have almost like a, a virtual Bible study, a format where believers can come in over Zoom from different nations and we can come together in love and unity and really begin to dialogue. And the way we've set up the webinar focus is we've worked with, for a couple of years before we even launched the media program, many different leaders and watchmen that have gone deeper already into this reconnection message. And we've invited them to be panelists with us. And so what we do is I host the uh, webinar and I have one topic that I bring to light to give a brief description. And then I open it up for the panelists to dialogue and share. And then for the other half of the webinar, we're totally open to you, the beloved, with any questions, concerns, and you can feel free to enter into dialogue with us on these issues. And I tell you, there's a very necessary part of this restoration, which requires us coming together and talking things through without any negative emotions, but in a, a positive dialogue that we can begin to really unpack and expose the way the evil one has fostered separation between us 
in these days and in these next few years, I believe we're going to see the Father release a greater measure of His love through us that will enable us to melt away the obstacles and work through our differences. So we're very pleased to introduce to you several recordings over the next few weeks that we're going to be listening to from our webinar podcasts. And if you'd like to join us, we meet the first Thursday of each month. You can go onto the Romans 911 website, romans911.org, and sign up there. And when you sign up, we will send you a free copy of the Romans 911 second edition. Beloved, blessings to you and, and enjoy this podcast. Lots of love. Welcome everyone to the Romans 911 Project webinar, where stepping into the reconnection in the one you man is becoming a reality. And one of the things the Lord has led me into was to take the topics of discussion and dialogue tonight and to bring them into a prayer focus so we can hear the Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is saying. Beloved, I really want this to be a comfortable uh, hour of, of discussion, family discussion and dialogue, like we're sitting in a room, kibitzing with one another, laughing with one another. Want it to be as relaxed and, and as comfortable as it can be. And also want to pray that, that it, it would be filled with the love of Yeshua. Uh, I really believe the greatest aspect of, of this restoration and reformation in the family of God is all to do with His love. It's to do with His love, our love for Him, His love for us, and our love for one another. And it's interesting, Yeshua only ever gave one new commandment, that we would love one another, that the world would know. And there's something about this love, I think. God keeps giving us this image of these two, the two hands of Nehemiah to move in the natural with this, this, this place of, of Yeshua's heart with unconditional love, and, but then in the spirit to be vigilant and to fight and contend. And there's this, this picture I think God is bringing us into that I think is going to be strategic during these days. So I really want you to be comfortable. Basically, the format is I'm, I take a, a subheading from the Romans 911 second edition, and um, uh, I'm, I'm going to just give a very brief outline about it, and then we're going to give it over to our panelists for, for this particular night and ask them a couple of questions, and the panelists will have a time to dialogue and contribute to the subject. And then in the second part of the hour, it's totally up to you, beloved, this reformation is not about leaders doing everything. It's about the body being prepared for the works of ministry. And so we are really asking you to participate, to encourage, to share, even if you don't agree, you know, to share your heart or have the opportunity to comment or to ask questions to the panelists. Um, uh, and uh, all I'd say, though, is just we do it in a spirit of love for one another. Uh, there's so much confusion, division, and misunderstanding about this restoration and reformation, and especially in the one you man, it's so important for us to enter into loving dialogue. So having said that, I'd just like to open up with a brief prayer, and then I will explain the, uh, uh, the topic for the night. And um, 
um, and then and then we'll give it over to the panelists. Um, um, one one piece of good news, actually two pieces of good news, Charisma Magazine ha ha is has now agreed to promote this webinar on a monthly basis. So uh, Leslie Crincoli, I know she's on the call, and I get together after the call and we write uh, four or five hundred words together and it goes in Charisma Magazine with the link. And so you can share that, we'll be sending it out. Uh, you could share it on their Facebook, you could share it on our Facebook and really help us. Father, I just thank you. Thank you for family. Thank you that this, you, you are already doing such a wonderful thing uh, as we're coming together in this one you man to love one another. Uh, Jew and Gentile coming together in love and unity. And we are all on this journey and we ask you, Holy Spirit, to teach us and equip us and take us deeper into this restoration and, and your plans to reform your ecclesia during these days. We just ask, Father, for your blessing that you would be in the midst, Father, with us as, as we talk about these things. Just uh, help us to to um to dialogue and to have fun and let it be a fun and bring humor in uh, we have some we have some uh, beloved saints have great sense of humor um let let your humor manifest and let's have a good time together father and 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 we ask you to bless bless it in yeshua's name so basically the subject tonight is taken from page two uh three and four and the subheading is a unique transaction that transaction is happening here in our midst. The Jewish and Gentile believers coming together on this call, it's already happening. It's happening throughout the church. We're already on this journey. But beloved, there is a great need for the rest of the body to begin to understand the significance of, of this uh, transaction in us much of the body that's moving towards Israel uh, is engaging in Jewish things, in biblical calendars and feast celebrations, and all of that's wonderful and it's good. But if we miss this reconnection, the enemy keeps us on separate tracks and the Father needs to bring us together. It is the pathway. It's the answer in these days to reestablish love and unity in the family. And foundational to that is in Yeshua, is this, this love and unity, this, this coming together. The, the first question tonight is, I wanna ask you, Bob, is, is the reunion in the one new man between the remnant of Israel and the remnant of Israel described in scripture is in, Romans chapter 11, verses 1 through 6 and 7. That's how the Lord, that's how the, 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 the scripture defines Jewish believers. They're called the remnant of Israel. So is this reunion in the one new man between the remnant, Jewish believers, and God's children from the nations, the epicenter in God's end time plans to restore his church? And and a panelist, if you would, uh, as you begin to talk, just introduce yourself and the name of your ministry, if you have one, and please feel free to engage with Bob in, in this particular question. 
And I'm Bob Wolf with Majestic Glory Ministries in California. And am I supposed to keep my answer to under an hour? Yes. Oh, boy. The word that comes to mind first is inevitable. The whole design for scripture was first for God to set Israel apart. That is the first testament. I don't even like to call it the Old Testament. It's the first testament. Um, and the word that became flesh is that first testament. So that the very identity of Yeshua is the first testament. Um, and that's what became flesh was the first testament. Um, the second word here that comes to mind is identity that God progressively shows his identity to us. He progressively showed his identity to Israel. And then he manifested that in the life and the body of his son to show us the identity of how God became flesh and actually manifested that first through the first Adam and then through the second Adam. And because the second Adam, although it says that, that Jesus came for the children of Israel. The whole idea of the city of Nazareth, the the uh, the the which is the name of the shoots of the olive branch, which create the, the shape of a crown around the base of the olive tree, is the picture of what in Israel, what they call the Gentiles, is the notzrim. Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus came not only for Israel, but to demonstrate the kingdom of God to the Gentiles as well. And so the manifestation of God's identity is tied not only to our Jewish roots, but also to the tree of Israel and that both branches are, are grafted in in Romans 11. And that, that those, those branches that are the Jewish branches Sure, some stayed in, say, in, in faith, but the majority of Jewish people fell away. And as Romans 11 says, they were broken off. And that the Jew is grafted back into that tree the same way the Gentile is. And so for us to fulfill the call of God upon our life, to be the epicenter, to be the, the, the covering over what's going on, we have to do the one new man. It is inevitable, has to be created. And the very picture of the, the Ark of the Covenant is not only the box that's made out of acacia wood <clears throat> that's covered in gold, but the covering of the Ark of the Covenant is the mercy seat, which is where we we see God. And that is the epa, the epi, that, that is the covering over which all of this thing has been manifested was the covering over the very foundation over the law that was given to us the commandments which is the place where god meets us and so the manifestation of that in the glory is the proof that the one new man is inevitable amen let's have all the panelists comment on that hi i'm i'm sophia and i'm with as you go ministries that is the name of our ministry. I can't really comment on what Bob said, but I can just add to it. I think when you were saying, is it the epicenter? Is the one new man and the Jew and Gentile coming together the epicenter? Think of it this way. The whole idea of scripture and the way God communicates is how he communicates to his children and how mankind is supposed to react and how he relates to man and how man is supposed to relate to him. 
And when he created Isaac and Ishmael, you've got the the Isaac being the chosen one and the son of promise. That represents theoretically and, and prophetically to some degree and not all encompassing, but it does represent Israel and the Jewish people. Then you have Ishmael, the other son who is is very just still still the son of Abraham, but he goes on a different tract and a different journey. And so when Yeshua or Jesus is talking and he's trying to bring unity back the body and he's saying, I pray that you are one, just as like the Father and I are one. He was speaking to to the apostles at the time or his disciples, but what he was really speaking about in bigger picture prophetically was that his children representing Isaac and Ishmael from Abraham were going to come back together and be one and to come into unity, each having their own identity, each fulfilling their own destiny in the earth like the Jew and the non-Jew or Jew and Gentile have and will. But it is the epicenter not only of the message of scripture and the heart of God, but also the way and the plan of God for bringing back revival and the way that end time eschatology is going to unfold with the um, branch being broken off of the unbelieving Jew and the Gentiles being grafted in provoking the Jew to jealousy and then the fullness of the Jews coming into being the light to all the nations. So I think it is the epicenter from that perspective and everything that Bob said as well. So, you know, Sophia, you mentioned that it's like a pathway. This restoration is like a pathway to the end time revival. But why is it, do you think that, and other panelists also feel free to weigh in on this. Why is it the church, they can't seem to, to see it I think there's a couple of reasons, Gron. I think one is basically a timing issue. I mean, God has a plan that unfolds in a in a in a time. So I just don't think the fullness of that time has come yet. That's maybe the obvious one. But I think what's also blocking is that man tends to worship and gravitate to what he can see. That's why he sent Yeshua. God made it that way, so that we would understand God in the form that we could see. And then what we couldn't see would later come to us and be explained through the Holy Spirit. I think this isn't very is very similar in the fact that what people can get and gravitate towards are the things that they can see in Scripture, like the feast or the ornamentation of of the Jewish people and their uh, worship materials and their ceremonial um, artifacts and things like that that they can see. But I think the revelation will come. From that, I, th I think this is just a stepping stone. I just don't think it's time, but it's developing and it is time for some. And I think it'll grow more and more. Anyone want to speak to the obstacles that are perhaps in the way of this and, and how the enemy may be using that? When Bob spoke, he spoke about identity. And I think that actually identity is, is one of the obstacles as well. We need to um, I think we need to overcome our own, um, in, in Colorado where I live, we call it siloed um, ministries where um, we are all busy doing our own thing and um, uh, unaware or uh, un, um, unwilling to 
have anything to do with other ministries. That's the first obstacle that we're going to have to um, overcome. Um, and uh, you know, I've been on this. Uh, I'm, a, I'm my name's Phil Eberhardt, Father Phil, Papa Phil. Um, some call me, and uh, um, I'm an Anglican priest. Um, I've been on the the journey towards a, a fully un, fuller understanding of of Jewish, both Jewish roots, as as Grant says, and um, of incorporation of the um, identity that Bob was talking about in terms of our our own. Um, in fact, um, we've. Uh, I jokingly call us messy Anglican now. Um, so um, <laughs> we're, um, uh, I'll have a little bit of a testimony about that later, but um, I really believe that that identity shift is something that is crucial to uh, seeing ourselves. And it, it has more to do with uh, the kingdom, uh, I believe, than with um an understanding of Jewish roots or anything like that. It has more to do with identifying with the Father's heart for the kingdom. Um, and that's kind of the identity shift that I think we need to embrace. That's great, Phil. You know, you're a messy Anglican and I'm a messy Costal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's, let's move to Greg. Um, um, moving the subject a conversation on, you know, um, when you look at the uh, the epicenter issue and the Israel peace issue, they almost seem similar, but they're not, because you know uh, we need to understand that 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 the 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 coming together of Jew and Gentile is is a, a source for the rest, but that the Israel peace is about the reuniting. So so. Greg, what is the Israel peace, and and why do you think it's so significant to the end time reformation in the ecclesia in the church? Hey, good evening, everyone. I'm Greg, and uh, leader of the New Breed of Business Ministry here in Connecticut. It's good to see Audrey and Nancy Hingis. We all serve together in intercessory roles with Connecticut praise and the New England Alliance and so forth. But um, yeah, your your question or what you describe in your book as the Israel peace, I think causes especially the Gentile church uh, to process what does Israel mean biblically to us? Is it a nation? Is it the church? Is the church Israel? Is Israel the church? And I think this this wrestling it down really gets to a heart of a lot of some of the issues that get in the way of this one new man coming together. I like to look at Revelation 11, for example, of the two witnesses, which are the two olive trees. We need both fully functioning aspects of the of Israel or the church, which you refer to as spiritual Israel, Grant, the Jewish uh, or Messianic tree and the Gentile uh, tree working together and being a witness for God's purposes. It's like, it just reminds me of uh, 
con concepts biblically like the double portion. It's it's this is going to be required to accomplish everything that God has intended and purposed for his return, for Jesus' return, for Yeshua's return. And so the church has to figure out, well, how does this all fit together? Because the church has developed, the Gentile church has developed uh, traditions and doctrines for 2,000 years. And many of those traditions and doctrines can get, um, uh, can confuse what this coming together in the Israel peace looks like. So many people uh, believe, and, and this gets into eschatology, so that's one of the hurdles. Like if your eschatology is, we're going to be raptured, this concept of raptured um, before things start changing on the earth or before the tribulation comes, it's hard to fit Israel into that because most people who think of that in the Gentile church as a, a pre-rapture, uh, pre-tribulation rapture uh, um, uh, theology, they think, well, I'm not sure about Israel because we're raptured and we're in heaven and then Israel has to figure that out on Israel's own. And then what is the church? If the church is in heaven, then what about Israel? And what, what do the rest of believers do? And even in, in popular culture, like the Left Behind series, it's not clear how that all gets worked out. But I think the, the, the Bible helps us unpack that and unfold it. And for me, that kind of this, this nexus point comes through uh, in Revelation 11, that both sides of the tree or both trees are part of God's plan. And that the restoration of Israel, spiritual Israel, includes and must include the salvation of the Jewish people. And as the veil is lifted, that's been placed there for 2,000 years, we're going to start to see this happen. But the church can't think, the Gentile church, well, we've been running the church for 2,000 years, so just become Christian in the Gentile tradition. And God is saying, no, it's not that. It's, it's, it's the original church uh, salvation comes from the Jews coming back together and being rooted and being established and growing together with uh, Gentile believers in the Gentile church and culturally we need both cultures if you will uh, to fulfill God's purpose and plan so that's maybe just a little bit touching on spiritual Israel it's a bit of a can of worms because it, it hits on all sorts of sacred cows, traditions, um, different theological conclusions. But I think if we really understand it and process it, Israel and the church become one, are one, but in this two-tree configuration. Um, so hopefully that is helpful for the discussion, Grant. You know, um, Greg, you know, you started off the conversation by really talking about a skew, like a, a, a skew perspective. You know, in the Romans 911 materials, we emphasize clearly that we're never going to be able to see this restoration either through a Gentile or Messianic lens and only through the heart of the Father. And that's going to lead us into the, the third issue. But, yeah, do you want to? Do you want to chime in on uh, what Greg's talking about? I, I sent. It's Jed Robine, uh, Pilgrim Way Ministries. Uh, love this conversation, and uh, I love hearing everyone's heart. And it's just a privilege and an honor to be fellowshipping with you all and discussing the Word of God together. 
Yeah, I think the Israel piece, I'll, I'll share an anecdote. Just a, a good friend of mine, intercessor for a, a really big ministry um, that's very well known. We were having a conversation in Israel. He had never been to Israel. And he, he and I had had conversations over several years or whatever. And he just never really understood what he called the Israel peace. I just don't, I don't really get the Israel peace, Jed. And then the Lord had him go to Israel. And he had this to say. He said, you know, Jed, now I get it. I, I thought the Israel peace was something that I was going to acquire to fit into my theology. And the Lord has shown me that I fit into Israel. Amen. I said, that's it. That's what we're really talking about is a complete uh, return to a, a, an understanding of the way that God has ordained the family to function. And Israel, the Israel peace is not something that the Gentile church needs to kind of plop in. It's, it's the one mi missing little puzzle piece. And then the puzzle pictures is no, no, we're the puzzle pieces that are fitting into what God has been doing with Israel. And this is, this is Romans 11. Um, hey, you Gentiles, you have been grafted in to God's cultivated olive tree. And I think just circling back briefly, Grant, on what you said, what are these obstacles? You know, unfortunately, we've had 2000 years of, of some pretty bad theology. And we, we got it wrong. You know, we're human beings that we see in a mirror dimly. Fortunately, we got it wrong for 2000 years. We Paul said, hey, I don't want you to grow ignorant of this mystery related to Israel's salvation, lest you grow arrogant. And I think these are the two barriers. Uh, ignorance of, of God's plan for Israel. And then that's that's unfortunately bred arrogance where we thought, oh, it's about us. It's about the Gentiles. And if we could replace that with humility, just coming back, okay, God, we missed it. We missed your plan. Open our eyes now so we could see what you're doing, that we could fit into this. Like my friend said, I fit into this. Oh, I get it now. I mean, that's the humble path. And then on the on the messianic side, if we could have hospitality where we have uh, our Jewish brothers and sisters say, hey, welcome. You know, we want to be fellowship with you. You know, we're not, there's no second class citizens. We're one. Hospitality and humility, I think, are going to go so far in this conversation as we go. And I, I feel like those are just areas that we can pray into together as the family of God for this restoration. So, Amen. You. I, yes. I, you know, that that humility is key. You know, what I'm hearing, you know, from from the conversation here is that there's a shift. Uh, there's a shift that has to take place in us. And I think that's so significant for us to get that understanding deep down because the Lord is looking for his entire body to enter into this shift in order to move us into the end times. And as I mentioned, we'll never see this through a Gentile lens. And let's be honest, the, the Christian church has been looking at end time eschatology through a Gentile lens. But we need each other, and more important, we need the Father. Uh, we need to be able to see through his heart and through his eyes. So the third question I, I posed for Sophia is, I think most probably the most significant ingredient in this restoration is about the Father's heart. So, so Sophia, talk to us about the Father's heart in this equation and how it is actually or should be expressed. Well, I'm a mother of 10 children, so I have a heart of a parent. And when you realize that the father's heart for his kids, 
I mean, we want all our kids to be together. Those of us who are parents, you have so much joy when your kids are hanging out together, doing holidays together, spending time together. They're getting along even when they're young. And so from a very basic element, I think the father's heart just basically is wanting to see his kids get along and understand and dwell in unity and and relate to one another and realize that they're all one family. And so I, I think that when we're looking at it from that perspective, it we we have to get the mentality that we're all the human race, that we're all um, the children of God, and that it would just make sense if we have the Father's heart for that, for that unity to for for us to be able to embrace the fact that we're all one. It's not about race, but it's not about religion, and it's not about the division. If we're truly in the family of God, then we need to embrace one another. And there's pieces that each individual have. So, you know, the father looking at it from saying, hey, I'm likening the Jewish people to the older brother. The, you know, your older brother has wisdom that that he instilled because he's lived longer. But then saying, but your younger brother has zeal and has energy and has something that you didn't have because of the generation timing that he was brought up and so i feel like the father deposited in each individual i don't want to call it a side but the jewish and the gentile body he deposited something very specific and i think his heart is just to see that we glean one from another to be able to to become one but take each other's strengths and use it together, have our strengths, correct our weaknesses and one another. And I think his heart is to fulfill his kingdom. It's all about his kingdom. And so the kingdom is a family. It is, it is a dominion. It is a, it is a, a providence, so to speak. And so in order to do that, he's got to connect his family. And I think his heart aches. I think his heart grieves over the disconnection, but the joy that he has when they they come into unity, even one, I mean, it's it's greatly overwhelmed. So I think his heart is just just like we would be as parents that our kids would get along, but then building that kingdom together is leaving like his legacy. It's like what his his intentions were in order to establish his kingdom on the earth, which will happen in the millennial reign. Amen. Allie, you had wanted to comment. Yeah, that, that piece on the father's heart. You know, he just wants to see his children all at the table together. And when, you know, so Sophia, you have that family of 10. Right, so when you go and you serve dinner, one may be looking at the other portion, like, you know, like the piece of the pie, they all want and eat, like the Father wants us to all trust that we're all gonna have an equal piece of the pie. But not even, but to also have an understanding that, you know, like I would wanna give you my pie. I would give you my piece of pie. 
And, and so it's that, you know, no jealousy, no competition, no sibling rivalry. Like the father just wants his family together in love. Susan, uh, take us into some questions and comments. Yeah, I'm Susan Torgrosa. Um, I'm part of Harvest Time Church and also part of Reconnecting Ministries um, as their prayer minister. And uh, very couple of good questions. Um, first, I'm going to call on Maverine. She has a really a comment, but I think it will generate a lot of discussion. So go ahead, Maverine. Hi, everybody. I'm Maverine Robinson. And um, I don't have a question per se, as Susan shared, but more of a, a, an action statement, just having been one who sat in the pews and have just in recent years come into this understanding of the one new man and how important it is for us to walk into that to reach our John 17 promise. Um, but it just feels like, again, the foundations have been doctrines of man. And by that, I mean that throughout my church experience and most others, I would say, um, Gentile believers, rather than revelation and understanding of the scriptures, we were getting taught doctrines of men. And so I was never, we were never really taught to understand which parts of the First Testament, to Bob's point, also included the coming Gentile believers. And now conversely, the, the reverse is true. We're not teaching or being taught what from the New Testament speaks to the original inclusion of Jewish believers and Israel. And I just think that it takes our being taught and receiving revelation and understanding in both of those things to rebuild the foundations that will hold the one new man. And I'm wondering, or just making a statement that, um, you know, it kind of says to do the same thing over and over and expect a different outcome is pretty much insanity, right? So my question and my comment is just foundationally, our father is all of our father. The first testament was written with him understanding that Gentiles would be grafted in through belief in Yeshua. And the New Testament was written with the understanding that we're grafted in by Israel, lest we think it was something that we did. And so I would just make the comment that as leaders, we go forward recognizing that how we teach scripture rather than doctrines of men or tradition should speak more in depth to those things and what the Holy Spirit was really imparting when scripture was breathed. Who would like to comment on that? I, I would like to, I'd like to comment. Um, Maverine, I, I think that's a really revel, revelation in that observation. Um, and you got that by the Holy Spirit. I think that we, I'm not a theologian, but we cannot uh, downplay the part of the the wrong theology and like you called it doctrines of men i i'd say that that's foundational to all that we're talking about if we do not get the theological perspective right not only on anti-mescatology but on the whole meaning of torah its application and um and how we process it in a in a new covenant context we're, we're not going to get this piece right. And so for those of you who are theologians and those of you who have the responsibility to be teachers in the body, this is so important because 
especially if you're if you're speaking to those who don't understand these things there there's no way that people can usually get revelation outside of their theology and if they do it's going to put them on a big tilt so if they're if they get a little revelation they go back and look at the theology or if they get a theological change then we pray that the lord gives revelation so i just think the emphasis on that is imperative amen i'd just briefly chime in on this i mean i would say as we move into this restoration that correction mavarine is coming it's coming because it's missing it's a missing element um and again as we enter the shift and begin to humble ourselves and allow the father to bring us back together uh through his heart and his love for one another i i think that we are uh that that, that we are uh, that it that that love in us is going to help to bring and through us is going to help to bring the corrections that are needed we often so look to 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 the corrections beforehand where you know the Lord doesn't you know work like that necessarily and i think he's more concerned about us us coming together and and uniting and 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 bonding as family and knowing what that feels like and as 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 um, sophia said we've so much to offer each other you see there's a greater picture the the as the the end time church embraces the messianic body it is going to get a much clearer eschatological picture than it's ever had before because you can't see this picture through either a gentile or jewish lens but through the heart of the father and this one new man and the messianic body is is carrying some vital pieces that are going to help the church uh clear up i i believe a lot of our as we come together in love and unity we are going to see that in itself the lord used that to begin to melt away some of the confusion the differences a lot of this is going to burn off and go away and we are going to get a much clearer picture as to who we are and what we're supposed to be and what is about to happen so we know how to track with god in it anyone else want to comment on that i have a couple of thoughts when i first answered the question about epicenter i sort of wanted to get into an understanding of the concept of what an epicenter means but i think that, that a lot of the brokenness that we suffer goes back to the identity issue which papa phil sort of you know grabbed a hold of some and so did sophia our brokenness when we uh we fell as humanity one of the reasons that we still suffer from this identity issue is because we gave our authority over to the enemy and and when hell grabbed the whole of it he had no intention of giving it back as a matter of fact he has always sought to get more and more of it because that's how he separates us from god it is that he gains that position of authority and that one of the things that salvation does is it teaches us that it really is ours and and that God always intended us to have that relationship with him and that it needs to be recovered and because all of us have have suffered that loss in some ways the question is 
we're all in a struggle to figure out how we get that back. How do I become whole? What is it that God has done for me on the cross that has made me whole? Uh, but generally, it's it's a more of an internal thing in terms of trying to recover from our own brokenness. And we join these other groups as a way of seeing some way to gather the sense of family and belonging. And so whatever group we belong to, whatever call it a denomination, is where we get that identity from. You know, people ask you, you go, you know, where do you go to church? Oh, I'm a Methodist. I go to Assemblies of God. We're actually identifying ourselves with things that are not scriptural identities. And so in the sense of wanting to recover our identity, uh, in some ways we see the need to do it, but in other ways that because the full revelation and the timing of what God wants to do is now accelerating. But up to this point, we've been sort of pulling against each other to try to find our identity. And I think we're in a season now where the Lord's saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to bring about this convergence. I'm going to lift more of this veil off of Israel. And that's why I think we're, we're in this panel right now. What the Romans 911 project is doing is saying, we're supposed to do this together. And whatever it is that we come up with for our solution, doing this together has to be a, a cornerstone of the way this thing comes about. That is a part of our identity that we all find our identity in Yeshua. We have said it, but because of our own internal struggles for identity, we haven't really been able to achieve it well. And so now we're that, that fail as it's coming off, we're now getting a better sense of what we gave up to the enemy and what it is that God wants to restore and he wants to do it not only with us vertically, but also with us horizontally. I, I'm just, can identify love, uh, what the brother just said about the, um, how we identify ourselves as Baptists or this, and it's not scriptural identity. And I, and I can just really relate. I'm a mother of six, grandmother of 10. And my dad and I used to have the shtick before he went home to be with the Lord. It was because uh, he was the 14th child. Um, wow. uh, so of, of Italian parents, Italian French parents. And um, and he he'd call, you know, when he was older and coming over to our house or he couldn't make it for a holiday at the end there, he'd call me and say, was everybody there? And I said, yeah. Um, did they all show up? Who wasn't there? Was everybody happy? You know, he, we'd had this thing. We, oh, yeah, Dad, they were all fine. Yeah, they all got along. And yeah, and it was the Father's heart speaking to me always. Who wasn't there? Who was at the table? Who, why couldn't they be there? And I think that God really wants us to see our identity in this project as I'm learning a little bit as, as I can is, is um, that we're mishpaha, we're family. You know, we are one family. And sometimes we, if we look at everything and, and of course we all want to live in sound theology, but sometimes we have to just be family first, you know, like be family and watch God the, bring its, its, its scriptural soundness together uh, to us. If that, if that makes any sense, you know, being family is that heart thing. At the that, same is, bro, that is such, uh, I, I think that's excellent, excellent, excellent point. I think that's what where the father is driving us is this thing is relational. 
it's relational. Yeah. It's, it's about us coming together and having fun and being family and um, some really good discussions and, and thoughts here. Beautiful meeting tonight, but um, we're, we're not finished. I want to end with this incredible testimony. As you purchased, you know, the Romans 911 materials, you received the Reconnection Mandate booklet free. And this booklet uh, contains five directives that were given from the Lord to help us to move into and embrace this restoration message. And uh, from time to time, you're going to hear me uh, tie back into these messages. A lot of what we were doing tonight ties into the first and the second message. The, the significance of the ecclesia understanding this message is directive number one. Two is the reunion in the one you man. It's a type of marriage. But uh, we have a testimony tonight of the fruit of the reconnection, which is directive number five. Four and five are the action items that we move into once we've moved into the repentance and the reconciliation and we've understood the significance. We then begin to cross the line and begin to move out in new ways. And Papa Phil uh, uh, is kind of leading the way in that place in the Denver area. Um, I'm just going to hand over to him so he can share um, his experience this week, and then uh, we'll close in prayer. Thank you, Grant. Um, I am uh, last night. Um, we had our first annual uh, Hanukkah caroling party um, at Resurrection Anglican, and we uh, had five Messianic congregations. Um, folks from five different congregations come together and a couple of Gentile congregations. The testimony is that, that it was uh, just an incredible time for us both to have fellowship, to learn uh, O Hanukkah oh, uh, and, and the song. Um, and we sang Christmas carols. What we did was bag um, kosher hot chocolate and uh, Hershey's Kisses and uh, walk up to the door of a home and knock on the door and say we'd like to we're from the church across the way we'd like to give you a gift and would you like a song do you celebrate Hanukkah or Christmas it was that simple um, uh, we were warmly received by both Christians and Jews alike um, and um, many of the Jewish homes were were quite taken with the fact that a bunch of uh, uh, Gentiles were at their door singing Hanukkah songs. Um, and uh, uh, it was, uh, um, we have been given favor in the neighborhood. Um, we've recently finished a new building or re redid an old building that used to be called the Abandoned Church on the Hill. And uh, now uh, the Lord has stripped the name abandoned from us um, and is giving us a new name in, in that neighborhood. Um, and last night was a giant step forward uh, for us with our Jewish neighbors. And it was a one new man event. Praise God. You know, one of the keys, I mean, I, I think there are two elements that are going to reach Jewish people in the last days. One is going to be power evangelism, signs and wonders. 
you know, to be able to read their mail, move in the spirit, really pray for them. But the the other is more long suffering. It's love, just to love, to get up. How long would it really take? How long would it really take to awaken Israel if every church, if every Gentile believer took one Jewish person to pray for, one family, and just get around them, love them, serve them unconditionally? What happens? I have so many Jewish friends that still aren't walking with the Lord, but they love me. And I have earned the right to talk to them and to share differences of opinions with them. And uh, what Papa Phil was sharing tonight is the fruit of this restoration in the one you man. It's it's what the Lord is looking for. He's looking for us to move into the greatest wave of evangelism that that the church has ever seen. And so it's time for us to arise, beloved, hallelujah, and begin to move in this manner. I'm going to ask Susan Tara Grosser to close us. So, Father, I just thank you. I thank you first and foremost for this message, Lord, that you've given it to us like a baton. You've handed it to us and called us to run with it. And we thank you, Lord, that you've given us this platform as a place where we can come together and learn and study and and grow as one family, Lord, to, to bring this message forth. I thank you, Father, that that you are just giving us so much revelation and you are you are truly giving us a place where we can question, Lord, what is your heart? Lord, what is it that you need us to do? Lord, how do we take this message forward? And what is the message? And and where and, and to see the fruit, the fruit is the most exciting thing. I mean, honestly, I think everyone should make Hanukkah caroling happen in their congregation and their church because that's how you change the world. That is how you change the world. One song at a time, one house at a time, one family at a time. And so, Father, I ask that you would stir us up and that you would continue to give creative ideas, Father, on how to reach people, on how to reach, how to how to send this message out in a way that people will look at it not as a burden, but as a joy, but as something that is so wonderful and so beautiful that we can't help but get involved. And I just thank you for that right now in Yeshua's name. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing amongst all of us, amongst this family, this family that we have grown together so closely and have such love for one another. And Lord, we just ask that you would continue to pour that liquid love into us, Lord, that it would flow out and just cover everything around us and we just want to honor you and glorify you and bless you in Yeshua's name. Thank you, Grant, for that insightful discussion. To dialogue with Grant and Hallie, please send comments and questions to email at Romans911.org. Again, that's email at Romans911.org. If you resonate with the Romans 911 project, Please pray about partnering with us to bring this reconnection message to the threshold of the church. Sign up for our monthly email. Join our global virtual meetings with other believers to dialogue and pray together. And most important, read the Romans 911 book, Time to Sound the Alarm. 
and view the Romans 911 study guide 12 to 14 hour video teachings, which are free when you purchase the study guide. The Romans 911 books and teachings are transformational into God's end time plans to prepare the bride and reform the church. They help to create the breakthrough that will change the world. The reconnection message is like a golden key from the heart of the Father to restore love and unity in God's family that opens the door to the fulfillment of Yeshua's prayer in John 17. And it establishes the pathway for the body of Messiah, the body of Christ, to receive the greater glory. But this reconnection message in the one new man has been hidden during the church age in the mystery to reawaken Israel to faith and is only just now coming to light. That's why we need your help to fund this project, to bring the message forth, to help us blow the holy shofar, to awaken the greater church into this restoration. Now is the time. Would you pray to give chai, to give life to the reconnection, to reach the church and the messianic body and help unite the family of God? To fund the Romans 911 project, we have created the Give Chai Life Campaign. Chai is a Hebrew word meaning life, but it also represents the number 18. And for just one Chai, $18 a month, you can make a difference. Please be prayerful about this. We can't do this without precious saints like yourself who are beginning to get this revelation to help us bring this message before the church. For more information on the Romans 911 project, please visit our website at romans911.org. It's easy to remember, romans911.org. Please also subscribe to the Romans 911 project wherever you listen to podcasts at the end.